Welcome to the Go Low Show, where it's about golf, grit, and your pursuit of greatness. My name is Kyle Alderink, and I am your co-host, along with my man, John Weir, mental game coach extraordinaire. And in this podcast, we're going to show you everything that you need to know about how to go low in your golf game. And we're excited to bring you that show right now. Expect anything different? Is it his time? Yes! It's time to go. All right, Kyle, let's get us started. Kendra, great win. Let's uh, we'll dive into a little bit of that. That's uh, fantastic news. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So Kendra Dalton, welcome to the show. We're excited to talk to you. I know that um, you already are getting your tournament season going, uh, playing professionally. So we're really excited to to chat with you, see where things are at and, you know, how we can help you kind of keep making that next step. So how's the game? It's going good. I'm still technically in my off season, but playing some mini stuff just to test some of the stuff out and uh, get ready for the, for the big season. Um, And things are going good. Um, The physical skills are all there. And so learning some of your guys's stuff has been helpful just to kind of get more out of myself. (laughs) Well, let's start there. So what, um, what are some things that you've learned already? And, um, you know, have you had any kind of like, I guess, revelations could be the word. Yeah. One of the biggest things, um, that kind of stuck out at first that I've been working on is the whole player side idea. Um, I kind of always had played with the idea. I, I do tend to feel shots. And so I always thought I had to be out towards the target. Um, and so understanding that I really could just be on my side of the ball and really just focus on one feel has been really helpful. (laughs) Uh, feels a lot more controllable to me. So that's been one of the, um, biggest things I've been implementing so far. Is that something that, um, you could tell like right away? So when you started getting kind of more away from the target, more into player side of me, was that something that really started to feel better to you? Like immediately? Yeah. Like I felt like I was in control and it's still hard for me. My mind wants to wander and not be super specific. Um, but as I kind of force myself to entrain that, um, the shots are much better <laughs> that I produce. Great. And you've also taken that out into tournament play, correct? Already on the mini tours. How has that held up? Yeah, it's been good. Um, it's interesting, right. To kind of see those stressors when it, when it starts to matter. Um, and so I notice my tendency is to want to like worry about where it's going to go or what's going to happen. <laughs> um, but working really hard on just being very specific on the one feel and just allowing myself to kind of crawl inside of that on my side of the ball. Um, it was kind of cool to see how much better that was and how much more confident I felt with that. Uh, like it felt like something I could control. Have you started to um, kind of recognize those differences now, though, that um, you've been implementing it, you've been under stress? I mean, are you aware now, like you said, when your mind starts to shift and um, are you able to to bring that back or is that still a little hard for you? Yeah, I can bring it back. I, I definitely have that awareness, um, but I think that's the key is just being aware, because if you just try to go about it, um, it can get away from you. And I think 
that's golf, right? 18 holes, <laughs> you start to wander, can go through the motions sometimes. Um, so I think just making sure that that's your objective and, and bringing awareness to that. Yeah. So what's the next step, Kendra? What takes you to that, that next level? What's missing? Um, honestly, I think it's just playing with a, a freedom. Like, I, um, I really recognize the whole idea of like trying to control it and, and not wanting to make a mistake. I think, you know, that's common with golfers. They want to be perfect, um, but you never can be. And so I think it's really just allowing myself to go out and be decisive, make, make a committed swing and just, and just let it go and know that it'll be good enough. You know, what seems overly simple, but it can be hard to do. Well, simple is usually genius when you can right. put it into place. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah. how we get consistency and repeatability. And yeah. So you were mentioning like just even tracking things, were you doing anything in these recent events to kind of keep that player side focus top of mind? Yeah. Um, I actually, I believe you got in one of the modules, it talks about just keeping a scorecard, like putting a check for each shot. Um, and so I just kind of did that at the bottom of my scorecard and it helped to know that I was always paying attention to it. You know, what percentage were you were, or were you out of curiosity with that recent win? Did you um, I didn't count it up, but looking like it was pretty high. Um, because I was keeping track, I, um, I went out and I was just playing the other day and I wasn't keeping track and I noticed I was a little looser with it. Um, so I think maybe for a little while longer yet, I need to bring my focus to it, but it was pretty high. I, I could tell. Actually, Kendra, I'd probably make that a standard part of your game. Right. And I would say like your goal, every time you tee it up is to at least hit the 90% mark. Okay. Right. So going to your point about like, you know, not trying to be perfect. I, I like that idea. I think the best way to do is strive for excellence and then give yourself to some shot allowance out there, knowing you got a couple of swings that, you know, if you get off, it's okay, but we're trying right. to strive for that 90%. And I bet if you tally up your, your numbers, you're probably between 90 and 95% with the victory. Uh, typically it's usually about 95% to win. Right. which is only a few shots off. So that's what I would keep doing and making it even when it's a habit, because that's going to kind of keep you away from drifting out into the future, worrying about your end score. What you'll find is as you start tallying those check marks, you're going to have a, a low score every single time. And soon you just develop so much confidence in that, that gives you the freedom just to keep doing what you're doing. Right. Yeah. Just really, uh, it fills your mind with something productive instead of things you can't control. So very helpful for me. <laughs> Kendra, have you found that in every uh, part of your game at this point? Like, do you have that player side move for putting, for wedges, for chipping, full swing? Yeah, um, I've been kind of experimenting with it with the short game because a lot of times with the short game or a putt, like I like to feel feel the shot kind of in my mind's eye as I'm making the motion. Um so I'm still exploring and I know there's not right versus wrong, but I was curious, like in certain parts of the game, can it be different or should, should it be pretty similar across the board that I would stay player side? I still think it's uh, consistent across the board okay. now with like short game and putting, obviously you're a little closer to the hole. So those visual pictures are going to start coming into play a little bit more since the outcome tends to be right in front of us. Correct. Right. Um, but again, it's that same concept. One plus one is going to equal two all right. the time, every country, anywhere in the world. So if we can have good aim and alignment with a simple feel, 
um, typically it results really well. So I would challenge that, but it's sometimes you, you don't have to get away from it as long as your mental image, okay, is going to be of a clear ball flight in something specific that you're looking for. Those things usually link up. Right. But if you do think about this, though, Kendra, in the way that our brains are working through the shot process. So we have a reverse traffic light. If, if people aren't aware, red zone is our first zone. We stop and make a decision. Once you've created that clear picture of what you want to create and we move into the next area, the yellow zone, and you select the feel for that, those things are getting linked. So as you're visualizing it and feeling it in the swing, your subconscious mind knows what's going on outcome wise and feel wise. It's a direct link together. Mm -hmm. The assumption needs to be then as you go into the green zone that if I simply do this, that will be there. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. And for intuitives, it's the opposite. We're rehearsing the swing and linking it to the picture so we can rely on the picture in the green zone mm -hmm. uh, and let know that the mechanics will be taken care of. But for a sensor across the board, if you stay to your one plus one and do that, the brain is already going to assume a positive outcome. It's going to know that linear result or steps will lead to that. So yeah. I would encourage you to try to keep experimenting and you'll find that right blend and balance for you that brings the great best success, but it should still be an 80, 20. It should okay. still be yeah. 80, 20. That makes sense. Yep. Because what happens is if it, if it starts to teeter still too much into the results, that's when we try to steer it or we're just trying to do things. And oftentimes if the result gets too, too uh, focused much with your type, you start losing some of those little steps or the little details that are important for you. Maybe it's a landing zone. Maybe it's the way you're setting up um, those simple feels in your swing. So it can, it can kind of cloud that and make it harder to, to see those necessary details. Yeah, no, I can, uh, thinking about that, like I can kind of picture it on the course, even sometimes, like when I feel hesitant, um, I think it would be a result of that. You know what I mean? Instead of just, being, 100%. especially with the short game, um, just doing my feel. Yeah. Is the short game, is that your, I don't love using the word weak, but is that your weak area right now? Not necessarily. Last season, I think I was like 60% um, in up and downs, which is pretty good. But mm -hmm. I do notice um, like that's an area where I'll um, like another part of things is me like moving fairly quickly. You know, you guys have like the drills of like an eight second hitting zone and stuff like that. And I notice sometimes on the course, like that hesitancy will come up in chipping and I'll like take too long and try to be too perfect and maybe that does come from trying to like get too far outside of just my feel um so that's just something i've noticed in playing if that makes sense <laughs> is it getting long over the ball or just like through the full routine um sometimes the routine but sometimes over the ball like instead of just getting up and hitting it you know sometimes i try to think too much over it <laughs> Sure. So what um, I'm not sure if you've worked on it with Henry or not yet, but I would start working in a breathing routine and okay. start bringing that as main, your main trigger. Okay? okay. So then in your short game, timing and consistency is important. I don't mm -hmm. know if whether there's a magical number or not, but you have a consistent timing that when you're performing well, it's there. And it's important we kind of have a shot clock, even in, in the short game. Yeah. So what I would practice is, is once you get set to incorporate your breathing, 
quick breath, check your target, exhale all of your air down towards the ball. And then once that's finished, you got about like a half a second window to execute your move. Now, if you can't execute, that's an indication somewhere along the line, you're either too outcome focused or you haven't enough clarity to pull the trigger. You got to back out of that shot rather than just lingering over the ball and creating excess of thinking. Um, so I would start incorporating some sort of go trigger like that okay. into your short game as well. And that I would work it through all phases of your routine because then everything's staying consistent. And again, you have a barometer, whether you're committed or not. So if you can't go after you finished your breath, you know, obviously something needs to be adjusted in the routine or just back off and recommit. Okay. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. I think it's, I've kind of figured that out a little bit more with the full swings, um, that commitment of kind of re worked my routine just a little bit, given what my type is. Um, and that's been helpful. So I think kind of keeping that consistent through the short game is obviously a smart thing to do. <laughs> yeah. And it brings in a relaxation effect, right. it clears your mind. Um, and it, it just really helps with everything, especially just the consistency factor. I mean, if, if you, right. and you can add that into your, your check mark, right? So not only now being player side, but add your breath. And now you can start building more criteria in that, that you're trying to check off the box. Right. And so that's how I would begin evolving what you're doing in your routine. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. The biggest thing, Kendra, is just when everything is defined, like you're doing right now, it just brings a whole other level of confidence, you know, just being able to link when I go through these steps, that's really good. You yeah, know, for me, I've always kind of looked at, you know, what do you do the best? And you usually do those things. Just sometimes people aren't aware of it. But now that you're starting to put all these pieces together, I think that's just going to be a huge thing for you. Yeah, for sure. And, and like I've said, that is kind of a huge tendency of mine is to kind of spend a little too much time trying to make it perfect, control it, whatever. Um, but when I am able to move quickly and just let it go. Like it's so good, you know? And so this has been helpful to kind of give me a bit of um, a format to start to create that um, consistency and that confidence in that, you know? Well, and just to, just to clarify, so John said something a little bit earlier and you might know this, but just for the listeners. Um, so he was talking about a shot allowance. Are you familiar with what he's talking about? Um, no. <laughs> So a shot allowance is essentially a set number of shots that you're giving yourself permission to screw up pretty much, you know, yeah. I guess would be a fair way to say that. So like how many shots do you think you could execute poorly and still score really, really well? Um, are you asking me a real number right now? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> yeah, why not? Let's make, let's, let's see what um, you think. I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like you don't hit most shots perfect. So what is your, do you mean poorly as in my routine or just hit them poorly? Yeah. Just like poorly executed shots. Um, <clears throat> I mean, maybe a handful that get like real out of hand. you know what I mean? Like most mm -hmm. misses are going to be like good, but <laughs> bad ones, probably not too many. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, John. I thought you were going to jump oh, in there. Yes. But yeah, no, no, no. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, what we found is, I mean, I think even to shoot close to even par, you can hit probably eight to 10 pretty bad shots. And I'm not talking out of bounds, anything like that, but like right. just, you know, thin fat, you know, miss the green, miss a short putt. Um, 
because we usually, again, I believe some things average out. So you miss a three footer, you might make a 25 footer. Um, but you usually have that amount of shots somewhere in that zone. Everybody's a little bit different, but you have a certain amount of shots that you can just get away with. And when you give that yourself permission to do that, you don't get so hung up on it. Mm-hmm. When we have these, these notions that everything needs to be perfect. As soon as we miss, we can start panicking. Yeah. You know, so when you're just like, yeah, it's just part of the deal. You know, you kind of know it's part of my shot allowance, my permission to, you know, miss hit a shot. It just, it takes a lot of pressure off yourself. Yeah, no, I really like that idea because as you can see, the thread is a bit of perfectionism. And so just mm-hmm. like already going in with that in mind, I, um, I think is a hugely helpful idea to me. Yeah. And it helps you to stay to your plan, right? I right. think like if you're going out and you're in that perfectionism and things start going off, you're probably tweaking a lot of stuff that you're doing on the course in the moment. And if you give yourself that allowance to say, hey, I'm pursuing excellence and not perfection, right? And yeah. we want to do our, our process as excellent as possible. Yeah, you can get away with a lot. But at least the nice thing is, is an acceptance of shots. If you incorporate that allowance, it's going to keep you a little bit calmer and it's going to help you to stay to your plan. So uh, we don't want to be guessing and testing too much out on the golf course or, or deviating from that. So I think that would be a really good one to kind of keep in the back burner. Yeah. I typically say with your process, you know, you're striving for like, you know, maybe three to five shots off. So even that's a nice um, allowance there that you can, you know, you can be a little off or have a check mark or two on there. The key though is, is go back on your post round and look at where you got your X's. Okay. Where didn't the routine click? And over time, you're going to start seeing some trends or maybe some shot shapes or different things like that that come up on your radar that you want to go out and specifically practice then so that, you know, we can turn that X into a check in the future if there's any trends. Right, right. Yep, that makes sense. Well, cool. Well, Kendra, is there any, anything else or any other questions you had going through the program or anything you wanted to chat about? Um. So in my, so in my routine, like beforehand, I used to like make some practice swings and saying it out loud doesn't make sense, but make some practice things and then kind of look at what I wanted to do and step into the shot. So now I've started to like really mentally think through the shot, see it, then make my practice swings and commit. Um, um, when it comes to like the breath, do you, you want the breath like before you walk into the ball, correct? Not like over the We're ball? We're going to have, matter? we'll have two. There's two really good spots to incorporate breathing into your routine. Okay. And that's not high pressure. It's all the time, um, especially in high pressure moments. These are helpful. So again, we have red, yellow, green is essentially our three pre-shot routine zones. Um, after you've made your decision for you as a sensor and in, in your type, really specific to find ball flight, the bulk of that visualizing of the flight would be in your decision-making. I think that is the end point of your decision to move in. Right. Now we're rehearsing the swing and linking it up with the feel. Now we're at our commitment line. That commitment line now, before we go into the green zone, is our first time to do a really good relaxation response breath. What we want to do is we want to transition our brain from having to actively process stuff and now relaxing into execution. So here we stand as tall as you can. You take like a rule the world stance because your body language will influence your level of confidence. Breathe in deeply through your nose. Exhale double and fully exhale that breath out of your mouth. That's going to trigger the relaxation response. 
And again, it's helpful to feel it washing down the body. It's kind of a, a hack uh, to your brain to send a signal that you're relaxed. Now, as you're setting into the ball, you're approaching the ball, bringing in that energy. You got your, you're setting in your right foot, the club head, set in your feet, gain your alignment. Once you kind of have your alignment set, now's the time to incorporate another breath. So you can breathe in, check your intermediate spot or check your target, get back your eyes on the ball and then fully exhale that breath. Once that breath is exhaled, you're going to feel again, if you breathe down, there's a loosening of the body. It's going to increase your speed, the motion, your brain will have this quiet and you're going to have this momentary kind of like performance window and that's your trigger to go. And if you do your breath proper, it should be like one or two second inhale and about a three or four second kind of exhale. And that puts you right about that eight second magic mark as you start weaving this into your routine. Um, but those are the two main places for your breath. So one's going to trigger it to relax and stop the thinking and processing. And the next is kind of like a way of, again, furthering the relaxation and giving your brain a trigger to execute. Okay. Yeah. I think, uh, cause I've been working on that kind of commitment line breath, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I need to. And if you have a focus band or ever get access to a focus band, that's going to be some of your best ways to test your breathing. Okay. So use it and get the feedback and have the auditory on for a while if you have one and then cut it off, cut the audio off, have someone monitor your, uh, your window there that shows the avatar Okay. and then practice it on your own and then report back. Yes, I hit green there or okay. I didn't. And you'll start being able to pick up on some of those feelings that you get when you're relaxing in that way. Uh, just like mental golf type, everybody kind of has these little indicators as they relax that let them know. And um, for me, it's like being able to sometimes even be present enough to feel the wind like hitting my arms or my body. And when I'm breathing and trying to feel that, I, my brain relaxes for some reason. And so, um, if you have the focus band, you'll get a lot of insight into how effective the breathing is. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. That's something I'd, I'll try out. Kendra, one more thing too. We'll send you uh, John made a really cool um, kind of audio shot process trainer to talk you through some of that stuff too. So okay. I'll send you that too. So you can train with that a little bit. Cause it kind of guides you through exactly what, what he's just talking about. Very cool. That'd be awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Kendra, it was great having you on. We're, we're really rooting for you. We're excited what you've accomplished so far, and I can't wait to see what you can do in the future. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thanks for your help. This has been really um, helpful and, and exciting for me, so thank you very much. Awesome. Well, well make sure to keep in touch. Yep. Thanks. See ya. Right. Bye, Kendra. Okay, I want to thank you for joining us for another episode of the Go Low Show, and really excited to have Kendra on. Um, she's been doing some really great things, so make sure to follow her because – uh, she's going to do some awesome things in this game and again, we're really excited to have her on. So if you haven't yet, make sure to get on mentalgolftype.com, get that free assessment done so you can get your type and learn some of these things specifically for you. we got a lot of great free content on there and uh, more on the way. Uh, so again, thank you so much for following the Go Low Show. We will see you in that next episode.